and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 165, uh, where we're talking to Rory Vaden of the of Procrastinate on Purpose. So uh, first of all, good morning, Felix. Hey, good morning. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, I am sitting here on in uh, the West Village, well, not the West Village, I guess in the, around NYU area in a breather room. So I... In a what? <laughs> breather. Oh, I, I, we've, we haven't talked about this? No, what's that? Okay, so breather is amazing. So first, I mean, I, I think I've talked about them on the, well, maybe, whatever. So breather, yeah. for people who don't know, they're in New York, uh, San Francisco, Montreal, and I think Ottawa right now. But oh, yeah. in New York City, they have about 40 rooms around the city, all over the city, and they're, mm-hmm. they're set up as offices. Uh, okay. So offices, uh, conference rooms, whatever, and you can rent mm-hmm. them by the hour. Oh, Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a really wonderful business, and uh, the room. So they're really like chicly fitted out. So right now I'm sitting in this nice like modern chair, and there's a there's mm-hmm. a, a metal coffee table with a a bowl of tootsie rolls on it, and a four person conference table, and a whiteboard, and then there's Wi Fi and everything, and you have an app that you check in with, and it's it's amazing. So oh wow, yeah. So I, I've been using these every now and then uh, for various things, for meetings and whatnot, but for recording a podcast, it's great. It's quiet. Uh, it, huh. It's funny too because you know I was I was I was at WeWork before with my co-working space, but I was only there I was there two days a week, and now I'm finding that when I'm renting a room by the hour, I really I end up needing an office space like two hours a week, maybe, which is really oh uh, I see kind of so cool push, pushes you to be that much more efficient. Is that what yeah, you mean? Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and well, the other thing about this nice is so like you know I live in Tribeca. And for people who aren't familiar with Manhattan, that's like in the lower part of Manhattan. And then I have a meeting at in an hour, and that's in the village. And so the breather that I got is about two blocks from where I'm going to be having the meeting. So I can, okay, you know. So I, I, I of course, you could go to like a coffee shop or something, but I'm not going to record a podcast at the at a coffee shop because Felix would just roll his eyes about the noise pollution the entire time. And so it would just be my eyes, it would be my mouth as well. Yes, <laughs> be a lot of expletives. It would yeah. be very verbal. So anyway, um, so I'm sitting here in a breather and uh, very, very happy to be talking to you. So Yeah. And we're using Ringer to record this episode, by the way. And we are using Ringer, yes. Yeah. And I've already contacted Ringer about using a better microphone for uh, using external microphones with it. And they're working on that. So Oh, yeah. good. Well, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you did that, actually. The other thing that it would be nice if they allowed you to mute yourself. That would be helpful, I, I feel like. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a clever idea. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Or even place like a timestamp as well. That would be helpful for fancy hands. We could press a button and then it would press a beep and then the fancy hands people could start. We could put like a chapter mark, basically, yeah. That's that's also a good point, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway. There's only, yeah. A, there's only a few links today. The interview with Rory was really informative and uh, for, for this episode, I just wanted to share uh, just a few and then I know Felix has a few as well. Um, so uh, the first one is called Thankster. And 
you know, this is we, we've we've talked about these kinds of services many times before, but it seems like they, there's there's obviously enough room in the market for a lot of people to be competing in this space, and they, each one of them has little nuances that makes them different or better. So, Thankster is a service that will mail authentic handwritten cards for you. Okay, so okay. that's that's fine. That's pretty basic, and you know, we've talked about handwritten and letterly and tons like that before. That you know. Nothing, nothing uh, amazing there. What's cool about this one is that right out of the box, they integrate with Zapier. Oh, okay. So this is really cool to me. So what you could say, for example, is every time somebody becomes a new client, and that the way that it knows that is by every time you add somebody to Salesforce, for example, you know your your customer relationship management system, send them a thank you card. Uh, every time somebody purchases something on your Shopify site send them a thank you card. Oh, yeah, that is a great idea, yeah. So that's really cool. And, I mean, there's so many studies and research that shows that getting a handwritten card makes a big difference. And whether, I mean, the fact that it's written by a robot or not written by you, honestly, in my opinion, doesn't really matter. The person receiving it is not necessarily going to be, unless they're just very skeptical, they'll probably be very happy to get that. And I think it makes an impact. I'd say that these days that would make a huge impact. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that it does is that, you know, we're so used to getting texts and emails and, you know, Snapchat and all these kind of things to get something physically in the mail has a diff, has, it just has a different impact period because, you know, of course people like get mail and they throw things out and whatever. But if you get a a handwritten note that has your name handwritten on the front, you're going to open it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I love this and I love that they, they're coming right right out of the box integrated with Zapier. Can you imagine if they did this for political campaigns? Yeah. Yeah, there'd be a lot of volume. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure they'd handle that. Yeah. Well, maybe they would. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. So the, the next one, I'm really, I'm really interested in your, for your input on this, Felix. This is the, uh, the uh, what do they call them? The Doppler, from the Doppler Labs, the Hear Active Listening Buds. Okay, so did, did you get a chance to look at this? No, I haven't. Um, okay, so th- this is fascinating. I'll, I'll just tell you what it is, and then you can you know, give me your feedback. This is fascinating. So they look like kind of chunky earbuds, and they're, they're not connected to each other, so they're just individual earbuds. You put them in, and they have a speaker. And what these do, so this is not, these are not wireless earphones for your iPhone or for your iPod or anything like that. What okay. They, what they, there's an accompanying app, and what it does is it, I guess for a better lack of word, lack of a better word, it equalizes the world around you. Oh, so it's like noise canceling without listening to anything else. Yeah, except except it's not necessarily canceling it. So like you can cancel it. So what one of the things it does is it actually gives you like a volume control for the real world. So these are your, oh wow yeah. But so wait, but so that's one thing. But it can also do an equal like an like a live music equalizer. So if you're like at a concert, you can actually pump up the bass or like the treble in your, in your ears only. Uh, you can reduce subway and traffic noise. If you're on an airplane, it'll, it'll suppress the engine noise and baby noises, cry, like crying. Uh, if you're in an office, it can, it can do a noise masking thing for you. It can reduce chatter. Wow. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this kind of thing the other day for, um, cause there's another, there's a campaign. I think it's on Indiegogo for a, this wireless microphone which looks really cool and i was just wondering if they would be able to like remove that kind of thing through software but this is obviously doing it live in real time so that is mind-blowing that is really impressive 
Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. And, I, you know, if anybody thinks that this is like a vanity thing or something, you, you have to realize that, you know, if you live in a big city or you travel a lot, like noise pollution is a real thing. And not only can it affect your your hearing ability, but it, it can it can also have a profound effect on your mental state. Um, they actually there was a really interesting study that just came out recently that showed that exposure to loud noises while you're sleeping can actually can actually cause you to gain weight. Really? Yeah. So like, (laughs) how is that possible? I know it's a weird thing, but it's like, if you're, what they were saying is that, and it's not, it's not necessarily like a significant amount, like you're going to wake up for, you know, 20 pounds heavier, but Mm. they said that if you like live in a loud city and there's truck noise and stuff like that, that can, that can affect your sleep. It's not, it's not that the noise is making you fatter. It's that the effect on your sleep can actually cause cause obesity. Yeah, of course. So something like this is, and then another one is that my uh, uncle, his, his uh, wife, or yeah, his wife has tinnitus. And if you if, do, you know what tinnitus is? I don't know. What's that? It's a really horrible like thing. So basically, tinnitus is it where you, like really horrible. Well, you have a constant ringing in your ears, basically. Oh, uh, that's it. And it's it's can be caused by a number of things. It can be caused by exposure to a really loud noise. It can also be caused by infection. And there's really no like effective treatment and no cure for it. And for some people, it's just annoying. For some people, it makes it so they literally, like, they can't go out in the world because it's just so debilitating. So so, so I thought something like this, too, would be great for that kind of person where they don't have to worry that, you know, suddenly there's going to be a loud truck nearby because this will actively filter that kind of stuff. Yeah, right, right. But they can still hear. But they can still hear and have a conversation, Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, just the idea of having... It just, if you said nothing else, just to say to someone, look, you have a, it's basically like a volume control for the real world. That in itself is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I have these ear, what are they called? Earbuds that, um, well, not earbuds, you know, just, you know, things you put in your ears to, you know, block out the noise, but they're yeah. especially done for my ears and my, the EQ curve of my ears so that, um, and these are mainly made for people like DJs and professional musicians. Um, so what it does is it filters everything out in a way so that it just makes everything quieter, but sound the same. So it's going to, you're going to hear the same amount of bass and the same amount of treble as you normally would. So, um, so everything, that's all it is. That's great. But this is, this is, takes it a one step further because it can filter out, you know, the, um, the, the hums and things in the back. Yeah. Anyway, that's great. Yeah. Really cool. So, okay, uh, the next one is, uh, actually the last one I have, and then yeah, I know you have a couple. This is Five Sleep Problems Nobody Talks About. It's an article over on Time Magazine, time.com. And uh, so one of them is uh, snoring. And hmm. so people talk about that, obviously, and that's, that's fine. But a lot of, what people a lot of times don't realize is that snoring can actually be a symptom of sleep apnea. And sleep apnea is where you actually stop breathing momentarily while you are oh, really? sleeping. Yeah. So if you've ever, I'm, and I'm, everybody has had this experience where you were like falling asleep or, or you were asleep and you, fe- you found yourself like gasping, you're like, <gasps> you wake up, you know? That's, oh, yeah. that's not crazy. Like that happens. Most people it'll happen, you know, between three and seven times an hour, but you have people where it's happening like, I'm sorry, an hour, a, a minute, you know, if it happened like three to five times a minute, then there's people though, where it's happening 20, 30 times a minute, 30 yeah, times a minute where they're stopping what? breathing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's usually, usually with people who are obese, but it can really, I mean, it, it's, it's a horrible thing. It leads to like, uh, increases in heart uh, failure risk and obesity and diabetes. And of course, poor sleep. And, 
so sleep apnea. So if you have really, really bad snoring, it, it, it is worth something getting checked out to see if you have actual sleep apnea. Mm. Well, That's one thing. Uh, so the next one they had is grinding your teeth. So this is a more common one, actually. And a lot of people find, well, they, 16, 16% of people, they say grind their teeth. And a lot of times it's associated with anxiety. Uh, this, okay. this is fortunately, yeah. and, and you know, what you'll wake up with is a really sore jaw and you can actually that can cause some other stress issues and headaches, but that one's a pretty easy fix. You just wear a mouth guard at night. Uh, but the, yeah, this, I, I actually wear a mouth guard at night. Oh, you just do? started wearing. Yeah. Since I went to the dentist last time, they said, you know, you should really wear a mouth guard. I had happened to have already had one made for me. So it was all ready to go. And, um, anyway, gotcha. Um, that's another, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, have, I, have, I have one as well, uh, actually, which I wear from time to time, mostly for the, the snoring yeah. effects. Uh, but then the, the other one, there was, there's five here, but this is the only one, I, other one I want to mention, which is that it says your body clock is off. And there's a really interesting, well, it's not interesting, I guess, to the people who have it, but it's called delayed sleep phase syndrome. Uh, okay. And, and basically, this, it's like insomnia, but essentially what happens is that there's a biological glitch that makes it so that your, their bodies are not producing melatonin until after midnight, whereas most people would be several hours earlier. Okay. So basically, like if, if you consider yourself like a real night owl and you find yourself like going to sleep at like two, three, four, like you're not even getting tired until like, you know, two or three in the morning. Uh, that can that can really mess with people, obviously. So, yeah. uh, one of the things that they recommend is that you, you know you basically try to work on resetting your biological clock. And uh, interestingly enough, one of the things that is now a tool that would really help you do that is the human charger, which we just talked about recently, the the jet lag tool. Oh yeah, the one that the light bulb thing. That, yeah, exactly. that the, the, the lights yeah. the lights in your ears. So uh, that's the, and that's all I have actually for today. Uh, but I know you have a couple links you want to talk about. Well, I just wanted to talk. I was I've been using the Fancy Hands text message system, and I just wanted to chime in because actually, it has do you a, like it? Well, I find there's a there's a use for it. There's a use for a certain kind of thing. It's because they stay in contact with you as you're as they're doing the task. Right. Which for some things is actually very helpful. So they can say, "Oh, I'm looking at this. I'm doing that." Right. So you can guide. So you can guide them. So that's another way to check that out. Um, I'm using Fancy Hands a lot these days, and I really like it. Um, they've also included a star rating system, which I think is very cool. Instead of just the thumbs up, thumbs down, to give them feedback on how they're doing that task, you can now give it a star rating, which is good, so they can improve themselves. Uh, and the other thing I'm doing is I've got some anti-glare glasses for looking at the computer screen and i really recommend them so far which ones did you get well i just got the cheapest pair at the moment um which are made by gamma rays gamma ray and they're on amazon and they're like 12 15 so they're very affordable um they have plastic lenses with an anti-glare thing on screen on top but so they smudge very easily, but my wife was saying that anything, any anti-glare glasses smudge very easily because it's a film on top of whether it's glass or plastic. Um, so that's worth knowing. But if you want like some slightly better ones, the gunners make slightly better looking ones. But for me, I don't really care what... I think these look fine, although Claire thinks it's hilarious, but I've just taken a photo of myself with them on, so I'll post that on the, yeah, in the show notes for everyone to see. Um, <laughs> that might be fun. And people can give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, or tweet 
tweet to us via Twitter and uh, let us know what they think. How about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's at Felix Bird or what is it? At Ari Mizell? Yeah. On on uh, on Twitter, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So Okay. All right, well, thanks for sharing those. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening in. Enjoy the interview with Rory Vaden. Awesome. See you next time. Thank you. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Rory Vaden, who is the co-founder of Southwestern Consulting and the number one New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs, as well as Procrastinate on Purpose. Uh, and just a fascinating guy, knows a lot about success and about how to achieve what you want. So Rory, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's start with a little bit of background here. So how did you get into this sort of line of work or this passion, I guess? You know, I I always have been infatuated with success. And part of my story is I, I was raised by a single mother who sold Mary Kay cosmetics. So yeah, she, yeah, she used to bring me to the meetings and I was running around and, and I learned about goals and time management, all that stuff when I was seven years old. Um, it also means that I know more about makeup than I do about cars <laughs> and uh, fishing and stuff like that. But I kind of grew up around success and and you know, set some big goals in my early life. And then when I got to college, I worked, I got recruited for the summer program called Southwestern Advantage and got a chance to run my own business selling educational children's reference books door to door. And I, I knocked on doors 14 hours a day, six days a week for five summers and ended up making about $250,000 over the course of five summers from selling and then also recruiting students. And then left and decided to pursue my dream of being a, a speaker, joined Toastmasters, entered a contest called the World Championship of Public Speaking and uh, made it all the way to the finals and lost, came in second in the world, or as Seinfeld would say, I was the number one loser. And then um, I didn't know there was a world championships of speaking. So that's pretty cool. I know a lot of people don't know it. It's actually a huge, like a big thing. And it's there's 25,000 contestants who enter and you go through nine months of all these varying levels. It's, you know, it's put on by Toastmasters. And 
And so I was 22, I think the first year I made it to the championship, which is the top 10. And I, um, and I lost there. And then the second year I went back, I, I lost again, but I lost higher. So I came in second and I, I just, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just, this is, this is amazing to me because so I, I just, while you're t- saying that, I, I wanted to Google it really quick. And this is a testament to either Google or something, but I wrote world C H A M and it auto completed and said world champion of public speaking. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a popular. I mean, it's a I've it's never a, even heard of it. I know. A lot of people, you know, I always tell people winning the world championship of public speaking, it's a lot like winning like the voice or something except nobody cares is the only real difference. Um, but it was it's that level of intensive competition and so I did that and then uh part of part of what happened there was that shortly after that I I met a man named Zig Ziglar and um Got to be mentored a little bit by Zig and a few other greats around NSA, the National Speakers Association, Chester and Mark Sanborn and people like that. And and, um, and then started Southwestern Consulting with a couple friends. And there were four of us in 2006. And now, you know, we do we do one-on-one sales coaching. So we coach salespeople for a, a living. And we now have 115 team members. We've got over 800 active clients. And we have... Um, consulting clients as well in 35 different countries. And so that business has grown quite a bit. And I guess in 2012, we launched the Take the Stairs book. And then a few weeks ago, we launched the new book, Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. And then I got booked for the Ari Mizell show. And man, <laughs> here we are. I, I, well, I love that. Everything, that that's, a, that's a nice way to sum it up. Well, thank you. Uh, so First of all, I, I mean, congratulations on your entire journey. And it's amazing to me when people not only are able to achieve success, but also systematize it to some extent that they can share it with mm-hmm. other people to help them. You know, because it's one thing if you, and not to discredit anybody, but if you get lucky or you win the lottery or you inherit a business or something like that, and that has its own challenge as well. But a lot of times, you just sort of do what's been done before. And it's not the same necessarily as actually being able to share it so that other people can assimilate it. So I, I, the other thing that I like and is that your approach to this uh, from a productivity standpoint and from a procrastination standpoint is, it, it seems from what I've read, at least from the books and everything, that it's not so much about, oh, you need to figure out how to do it this way or you need to be better at this. It's really that there's things holding people back, mm. right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's 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 it has it's less about a change in process and more about a change in thinking. So, and before I let you go further, I I need to reiterate that for people because when I wrote my first book, or no, sorry, when I wrote the less doing book, that wasn't actually technically my first. My first book was about green building materials, but when I wrote that book. The, the some of the negative feedback that I got from people was like, oh, well, there's a bunch of apps or services in here that we have to use. And that's what this is. And what I needed to make clear, I tried to make clear was that to be more productive, you, you don't need a whole bunch of new technology. As a matter of fact, in some cases, it can make it worse. So it's really about a fundamental mindset shift that needs to take place in terms of how you approach the things that you do. So well, yeah, and in, in our case, you know, we the opening sentence of the book is everything you know about time management is wrong. 
because what we did is we took some of the popular cliches and things you hear about, you know, you got to have a to-do list, you got to schedule your week, work-life balance, uh, you know, don't allow interruptions and things like this. And we went out and we profiled some of the world's ultra performers. A lot of them are people that we coach. They're these top one percenters and, and really started to understand and dissect how do the, how do the, the world's ultra performers view time? Not how do the world's experts think about time? How are the people who are in the top one percent? And we found that they think radically different. And so what we were trying to do is then kind of codify that. And there's a there's a there's there's so many differences, but the the primary difference that we're like a complete paradigm shift is uh, what we're calling the significance calculation. So if you look at the history of time management as sort of a body of of work. It really developed in the 50s and 60s on the heels of manufacturing. And early time management thought was very one-dimensional. It was all based upon the strategy of efficiency. So how can I do things faster? And all things being equal, efficiency is better. But efficiency has a point of diminishing returns as a time management strategy, which is very well evidenced by the fact that we all carry around you know, miniature computers in our pocket and yet we're still never caught up. Like we're moving faster than ever before and we still are falling behind. Well, in the late 80s, era two time management thinking emerged and we kind of give tribute and credit to the late Dr. Covey because he gave us this chart where the y-axis was importance and the x-axis was urgency. And that was really cool because now we had a way to sort of score our tasks and determine which ones, you know, we should do like prioritizing is focusing first on what matters most. And you have these two criteria, importance and urgency that you kind of wait and, and, and then you prioritize your tasks. And really in the last 25 years, it, it, it's been one of those two strategies. People are either trying to manage their time by doing things more efficiently, or they're just trying to prioritize their time. Well, managing your time is all about like when you, when you use the efficiency paradigm, the whole idea is how can I do things faster or how can I do more things to like fit them in a day? And that just, it's, it's a linear, you're only going to get linear uh, progress from that. Meanwhile, prioritizing your time, we throw that around like it's the end all be all to the time management strategy, this ultimate trump card, right? But there's a, a massive limitation to prioritizing also that nobody ever talks about. And that's this, that there's nothing about prioritizing that creates more time. All prioritizing does is take item number seven on your to-do list and it bumps it up to number one. Now that's a valuable skill. It's more valuable than ever before. But just because you're able to control your focus and focus on number seven first doesn't mean you're going to have more time. And so that kind of brings us to to the procrastinating on purpose or the POP methodology where of multiplying your time where basically, Ari, we noticed that a new type of thinker has emerged and we we're referring to them as a multiplier and they are now making a third dimension or a three dimensional calculation or era three time management as we call it, where it's not just based on importance or urgency, but significance. And we can, we can talk more about significance, but significance changes everything. Well, let's talk about that then. So what, why, why does significance change everything? Yeah. So well, let, let's let's just take like the, the modern day to-do list, okay? So that's like one of the most common tools we all have. And the way that we put our to-do list together is we say, what's the most important things that I have to do today? Um, 
And that is just so you know, I'm adamantly against to do lists. So just go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So, um, and, and I'm not necessarily against them or for them. Um, it's not so much, again, the tool that I care about, but the thinking, you know, requiring the next, achieving the next level of results in our lives requires the next level of thinking. And we can't solve yesterday's like we can't solve today's time management problems with yesterday's time management strategies. So here's how significance works. What multipliers do is they don't ask themselves the question, what's the most important thing I can do today? They ask themselves the question, how can I use my time in a way today that creates more time tomorrow? So here's, here's a myth. People say you can't create more time. There's nothing you can do. We all have the same amount of time. Well, it is true inside of the construct of one day that we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, or 86,400 seconds. But that's exactly the problem is thinking about our tasks and our productivity in the paradigm of one day. So what multipliers do is they break free of that and they instead, they're not trying to cram more in today. They're saying, what are the things that I can do today that make tomorrow better and the next day and the next day? And that's the significance calculation. So if, if importance is how much does something matter and urgency is how soon does something matter, then significance is how long is this going to matter? And so a multiplier has realized that success is no longer related to the volume of tasks that we complete, but the significance of them. And they might only get one thing done and they might purposely ignore everything else or, you know, procrastinate on purpose, as we say, they're purposely ignoring everything else so that they can focus on the significant things. And so in one sentence, the way that you multiply time is you multiply time by giving yourself the emotional permission to invest time into things today that create more time tomorrow. Okay. So what does that look like on a practical level? Like when somebody's looking at sure. the things that they have to do, you know, how do you sort of, what's the litmus test? Yeah. Well, that, that is the litmus test, but let's give you a couple of practical examples. Um, let's take like online bill pay as an example. Great. Okay. So you say, okay, you know, Ari, do you have an extra two hours in your day today that's wide open that you could set up online bill pay? And for most of us, the answer is no. Every second is booked. And if I had two hours open, I sure as heck would not do it, spend time doing setting up online bill pay. I would catch up on email. I would do whatever. I might go to the park. Like you, you might use your time in a million other ways than do that. Well, what a multiplier realizes though is if you make the significance calculation and you start thinking longer term, like it's never really that urgent to set up online bill pay. It's also never really that important. Like if you're writing checks and you're you're on top of your bills every month, it's like, okay, well, you know, I have a process now. It's fine. It's like I'm able to keep up with it and it's not really urgent. It's not like a, a life-threatening thing. Right. But when you make the significance calculation, you start to see the world differently. And you start to go, well, gee whiz, if setting up online bill pay saves me 30 minutes of paying my bills every month and it, it takes me two hours to set it up, I don't really have two hours in my day-to-day. But if I give myself the permission to spend two hours or invest two hours setting up that time, then after four months, I will have broken even. And then every month thereafter, I will have gained something that we refer to in, in POP as ROTI return on time invested. And so at that point, every, every 
you know, a month there moving forward, you're multiplying time because your system is taking care of something that you would have otherwise been taken care of. And there's, there's hundreds of examples of multiplying your time. Again, it's not that any one example really matters or is the magic trick. It's, it's about changing the way that you think so that you can think the way that multipliers think. And, and that's really what we did with the focus funnel. And the focus funnel was our attempt to create a visual depiction that actually codifies the thought process that multipliers go through when they're evaluating their tasks and which ones they, they should do and which ones they shouldn't do. That's very interesting. Now, now, but do you, do you apply that equally to like, because I get this question a lot, actually. It's like, okay, I have a list now. I'm going to look at these 14 things I got to get, or these 150 things I have to get done and figure out that. Okay, great. But then what about new incoming information? Like how, do, you know, how do you teach people how to process this stuff on the fly? You yeah. I mean? Well, that's, that's why we went with the focus funnel because we've, we found that having no system is no good, right? Like having no way to process stuff, it's, it, it doesn't really work that well. But some systems are, are so tedious and involved. It's like a full-time job to keep up with these incredibly complicated organized systems and flowcharts and processes and stuff. And it doesn't, that's fine and and it it can work. It can take you to a certain level, but with the speed of business and the speed of which things change and the, the, the rapid input of new information, you need to have something that's pretty flexible. So, um, what the focus funnel is, is if you picture a funnel and at the top part in the, the wide entry point, if all your tasks and to-dos and emails and messages to return and stuff are all coming in the top, then the, the very first question multipliers ask is, can I eliminate this? Is this even worth doing? And one of the, the key fascinating elements of this whole kind of study that we did with procrastinating on purpose and multiplying time is this is an example of how, again, we say everything you know about time management is wrong. Almost everything you read about time management is tips and tricks, tools and technology, calendars and checklists and apps and organization processes. And yet what we started to realize, uh, mostly with just coaching people in their daily lives, you know, it's right in front of our face, is time management today isn't just logical. Time management is emotional. And our feelings of guilt and fear and worry and anxiety and our desire to feel successful and value and to feel included, those emotions ultimately dictate what, how we choose to spend our time as much as whatever's on our to-do list or in our calendar. So the five permissions is kind of the emotional element of this. And when you look at the very first strategy, the, the eliminate strategy, the top part of the funnel, the permission there is the permission to ignore. And we can... We can dive into each of these deeper if you want to, but you have, you have eliminate, which is the permission to ignore. If you can't eliminate it, then it drops down to the middle of the funnel and that's automate. Can this task be automated? That's the permission to invest, basically to invest time and energy to set up uh, and money to set up a process. Um, if you can't automate it, then the next question they say is, well, can I delegate it? Can this be done by somebody else? Um, that's kind of like training. And the emotional permission at play there is a perfectionism one. So it's the permission of imperfect. Um, If a task cannot be eliminated, automated, or delegated, then it falls out the bottom of the funnel. And at that point, you have a task that you know must be done and it must be done by you. So the only remaining question at that point is, 
um, well, sorry. Yeah, it must be done by you. But the remaining question is, must this task be done now or can it wait until later? If the task must be done now, then it slides off to the left and we call that concentrate. It's the permission to protect. And that's the whole conversation about focus. And that's where the Take the Stairs book, that's where you know our first book really takes over. How to do the things you know you should do even when you don't feel like doing them and battling kind of classic procrastination. Um, but the, the, the newer part and the really dynamic part of this is if the answer to the question, can this wait till later, is yes, then that is where multipliers are encouraging you and inviting you and challenging you not to eliminate, automate, or delegate, but to procrastinate on purpose. And, and so we call that pop. Um, and you don't procrastinate on it forever. You pop that activity back to the top of the funnel, at which point it enters into this holding pattern where it sort of cycles through the focus funnel until ultimately one day one of the other four strategies eliminate automate delegate or concentrate will get executed on that and so the funnel allows for this kind of perpetual reprioritizing because that's what happens you don't you know it's not like there's a bad thing with planning out your week that's fine it's a good habit to be in but you also have to realize that the speed at which many of our lives operate is we're reprioritizing not once a week but like once every 10 minutes and so you got to be able to 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 have some of that on 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 the fly sure so i to to get a little specific and and by the way that is completely in line with the teaching that i that i profess i guess that uh i want to talk about automation for a second what are some of your favorite ways to automate tasks out of your life Mm. Yeah. Well, again, it, it, there's not any one specific depends, thing that matters. I, uh, the, the only thing that I kind of really love and publicly promote a fair bit is um, this uh, platform called Infusionsoft. And we use Infusionsoft at Southwestern Consulting and we implemented in 2012. And at that time, we had about 25 people. And so in the last three years, I mean, we have quadrupled our people. We have, uh, quad, we have, we have like tripled our revenue and more than quadrupled our profits. And a lot of it is related to this idea of, of this system we set up. Now, Infusionsoft isn't really the magic by itself because it's a great tool, but it's, it's all about the strategy for how to build it. And so what we, we do, and, and we now coach people on Infusionsoft and how to use it. Um, and, uh, you know, basically it's three parts. It's a CRM, it's email marketing, and then it is all of your online ordering and sort of like a, a payment processing and a little bit of accounting. And, um, you know, if, if you're not familiar with it, you can actually go to infusionsoft.roryvaden.com and you can see a demo of it and how we use it. But what we do is we help people think through all of the offline processes of their business. And then we basically create a map, what we call an architectural uh, mapping process. And then we go into Infusionsoft and we build it and we automate it. And that has been just transformational. I mean, absolutely explosive and, and a huge amount of work and energy and strategy. Um, but we've, we've figured out that and it's, it's transformed our business. So that's just one example of a tool 
that, you know, we've automated a lot of our recruiting processes and our hires and our new clients. And we can, we can do customer feedback surveys. And if they say, yes, they love us, then we ask them automatically for a referral and a testimonial. If they say they've had a less than extraordinary experience, then we notify customer service agent and they follow up with them. Um, you know, people can, uh, you know, enter into all of our various different free resources that we put out online and, and, you know, it, we stay in touch with people in an automated fashion. And then when they raise their hand to buy, uh, it can either automate the sale or notify a salesperson. Um, but, you know, again, the thinking is is really the magic. And, and probably the biggest insight for me, Ari, when I was literally typing out the words of the book on the page, it occurred to me that automation is to your time exactly what compounding interest is to your money. So, so just like compounding interest takes money and it turns it into more money, it, when you get a system built and it's, it's a system that is, you know, Ninja or something like Infusionsoft where you have it all mapped out and you work with someone to help you kind of put that thing in place, uh, it takes time and energy up front, but then it takes time and it makes that time into more time. And you think of all the tasks in your business that you do over and over again or somebody does over and over again. Um, and that's the power of automation. And we're living in a, in a time, a day and age where there is, there's more tools available to us for automation. Uh, you know, there's things like QuickBooks and Sprout Social or Hootsuite or, you know, any of these, these things. Um, these are all tools that take time to set up. And most of us say, well, I don't have time to set that up. Well, you're stupid. <laughs> you're not thinking the right way. You're, you're, you're thinking in the short term. You're, and that's what exactly how our life operates. Absent the significance calculation, we inadvertently overweight the urgency calculation. And we start to, um, we start to convince ourselves that we're so busy and I don't have time and there's no time. And it's because we feel trapped by this constant 24-hour deadline. Meanwhile, multipliers break free of that and they live in that world of significance saying, what are the things that I can do today that create more time tomorrow? And who, who cares if I don't answer my email within 10 minutes of when it comes in? I'm working on things that are going to be able to automate you know, and scale my whole business. And so it's, it's not easy. It's simple. It's not easy. It's incredibly hard. And when I say you're stupid, I, I, I don't mean that you're, you're just like an idiot and you're lazy or that, but you're, you're absent some key information in terms of thinking the way that multipliers think. And when I say you, I'm talking about me. This is where I was. And, and it's been a painful process to have to learn all this. And, you know, one thing you said early on, Ari, is just we kind of have this, we have this like epidemic where we can't learn, learn something and then not teach it to other people. And so procrastinate on purpose is basically, you know, the results of everything of our findings of working with all these clients and growing our business and doing the research and analysis that we do, uh, both at Southwestern consulting and the center for the study of self-discipline and, and rolling it out to people because it's like, you don't want to go through the pain that we went through. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're just about out of time now, Roy. So I, the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews is, uh, and, and you can interpret this however you like, but what is your top, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Hmm. Well, I, I truly, the number one thing I would say is, is give yourself permission to invest an hour with me 
Um, if you go to procrastinateonpurpose.com, we put a free one hour webinar together that explains this whole methodology. You can see the focus funnel. We walk you through it. Um, you know, there's other links there to get connected to me and stay in touch, but, but watch it. Even if you have no desire to buy the book, go watch that webinar. And then, uh, so that would be the first thing. Um, the second thing is that I would immediately start asking yourself the question, uh, like perpetually is what I am doing right now, something that only I could be doing like yeah. that, that <laughs> nobody else could be doing this. I am the only person that Amen. could be doing this. Um, and, and living like that is just, a, it's like a, it's like a program that's running in the background on your brain 24 hours a day. Um, because if you're not, if it's something that you're not the only person, then you can eliminate it, automate it, delegate it, uh, or procrastinate it on purpose until you figure out a way to do one of those other things. Um, and then just the final thing that I would, I would just leave with everybody is, uh, so I want to encourage you and, and also remind you that it doesn't matter who you are, how good you've been in the past or how bad you've been in the past. For all of us, success is never owned. Success is only rented. And the rent is due every day. Oh, I like that. That's really cool. Well, Roy, those are great. And you already mentioned your website there. We're going to put everything in the show notes. So, uh, Roy, that was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, it's really nice talking to somebody who is so aligned in the way that I think about how people should be productive as well. So thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Ari. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.